This is the last day of this June 2019 seven-day session. Take up another koan today. This is in the Blue Cliff record, number 44, Kasan's Beating the Drum. Kasan said, Learning by study is called hearing. Cutting off learning is called nearness. Transcending these two is called real going beyond. A monk asked, what is real going beyond? Kasan said, beating the drum. The monk asked again, what is the true teaching of the Buddha? Kasan said, beating the drum. The monk asked again, I'm not asking you about this very mind is Buddha, but what is not mind and not Buddha? Kasan said, beating the drum. The monk asked again, (laughs) when an enlightened one comes, how do you treat him? Kasan said, beating the drum. We have uh, very little biographical material about this. Kasan is, he's Chinese, his Chinese name is Ho Shan. He lived, uh, mostly in the 10th century. He, uh, he entered the monastery of the great Seppo uh, that's Shui uh, Fang in Chinese. He entered the Seppo's monastery when he was seven years old and the master then was 76. When he turned to 20, after Seppo died, Kasan went to another master, Kyuho, Jue Feng, uh, who eventually became his successor. Kyuho uh, himself uh, succeeded a great master by the name of Sekiso and is famous for an episode in which he was pressing Sekiso's head monk for an answer. Uh, This is how it happened. This is a a koan in the Shoyoroku, the Book of Serenity. Uh, When Sekiso died, (coughs) everyone except Kyuho uh, thought that the head monk would succeed him. That would go with the kind of standard uh, battle plan in the Confucian system. The head monk would succeed. Um, but Kyuho said to this head monk, Our late teacher said, You should be completely finished up, emptied away. You should be like cold ashes and the dead tree 
like the incense burner on the deserted shrine, like the frozen lake, like a piece of glazed silk. Tell me, what does this mean? The head monk said, it means the realm of one color, great enlightenment. Kyuho said, you don't understand our teacher's meaning. Well, the head monk didn't want, wanted to show that he did. He had the goods, so he ordered uh, someone to get a packet of incense. And he said, if I can't die while this incense is burning, your words will be proved true. I mean, that's kind of a double negative. If I can die at will during the course of this stick of incense, then you'll be proved wrong. So he threw the incense into the incense burner. A cloud of white smoke rose. So it was a different kind of incense than just a stick. A cloud of white smoke rose, and while it still hung in the air, the monk passed away, sitting up straight. Kyuho stroked the dead monk's back and said, You could pass away sitting up straight, but you could never dream of our late teacher's meaning. This is uh, one of the most obvious uh, koans warning about uh, Bumpo. Bumpo Zen is is the Zen done primarily for the sake of uh, developing concentration um, and so that you might uh, improve your health, clear up physical problems, and uh, straighten up also emotional problems. In other words, it's not has nothing to do with the aspiration to awakening. That's it for uh, any material on this Kasan, Hoshan, let's call him Hoshan, his Chinese name. Uh, so it starts off with Hoshan saying, learning by study is called hearing, cutting off learning is called nearness, transcending these two is called real going beyond. Here he's quoting uh, a, a, a treatise, a Buddhist treatise uh, called the Jewel Treasure Treatise. So he's uh, maybe sitting before the monks, and he quotes this. Learning by study is called hearing. Cutting cutting it off is called nearness. This uh, translation is rather opaque, but get the spirit of it. Uh, so studying is one thing. Cutting it off, going beyond that is another thing. But transcending both is called real going beyond. Neither to be attached to study, reading, uh, nor to think that they have no place. How do you trans- transcend uh, 
those two. That's real going beyond. Then a monk came forward and said, what is real going beyond? Beating the drum. So we might ask, what is real going beyond? Is this enlightenment? Samadhi? What's the difference between enlightenment and samadhi? Beating the drum. And then the monk asked, what is the true teaching of the Buddha? And we could rephrase that. Is it oneness? Is it emptiness? The four truths? Mindfulness? The Noble Eightfold Path? Answer? Beating the drum. And then the monk tries again. I'm not asking you about this very mind is Buddha, but what is not mine, not Buddha. These are uh, two different answers given to the same question in, made, made into koans in the Mumonkan. Number 27, uh, the monk asks the master, what is Buddha? He says, this very mind is Buddha. And number 30, the answer is not mind, not Buddha. Number 33, it's the answer is, mind is not Buddha, wisdom is not the way. Beating the drum. There's no end to the questions or dilemmas that we can spend our days and nights ruminating about. Should I take that job or go back to school? Should I keep renting or buy? Are we ready to get married? Beating the drum. Should I let my teenager do what he wants or draw the line? What if, what if, beating the drum?
it's not that there's no place for considering possible outcomes, consequences of things. It's not that there's no place for this um, thinking mind. It's a it's a great tool, this great instrument we have in our skulls for uh, solving problems, making decisions. Um, but a lot of us just spend too much time chewing and chewing and chewing over this or that, this or that, what if. Is something happening between the guy in the next cubicle and me? Is something going on here? Am I L? Am I G? Am I B? Am I T? Am I Q? Am I cis? Beating the drum. Well, my Ancestry.com profile says I'm part this, part that, part this, part that, part this. Let's see. Let me think about that. What if the medic? What if the uh, biopsy shows a malignancy? One can really fill up those days with those thoughts. What if? What if? Beating the drum. We learn in Sashin that this mind of non-discrimination can bring us underneath all the waves of thought, the turmoil, the commotion in the mind that causes us so much stress. And that can paralyze us. Between, well, that T.S.A. T.S. Eliot poem, between the idea and the reality, between motion and the act, falls the shadow. Between conception and creation, between emotion and response, falls the shadow. This shadow is what we don't have to live with through Zen practice. Because of Zen practice, we can, we can go beyond it. We can close the gaps. We can end the separation and flow with our lives. We know this. We experience this in Sashin. It's when it's most obvious because we're doing so much sitting and how 
as Sashin goes on, late in Sashin, there is this energetic, non-dithering, wobbling energy that comes. We, we, we learn to trust just responding, acting, after whatever appropriate um, considerations that we need to make. How about this one? Uh, what am I going to say in Doksan? Uh, how can I show him that I'm working hard? Or, or afterward, uh, when I said that, did he think that I, when he asked me, oh, I should have said beating the drum. St. Augustine said, an ill-regulated mind is its own punishment. David Mamet, worry is just interest paid on a debt that never comes due. about to um, emerge from this very cultivated, uh, unusual realm where we can go through day and night just riding this mind of oneness, of non-discrimination. And we're about to go back into the world where we face endless discriminations, decisions, consumer choices. And being in the world means that we do have to exercise that, that mind of choosing, of, yes, preferences, but, but to what extent... We don't, it isn't all or nothing. We can find a way to, to bring this energy or, or the energy that, that we generate through just daily sitting, far less sitting than in Sashin, but still <clears throat> using that energy to bring clarity and decisiveness into uh, the decisions we have to make and then not go on um, obsessing and obsessing about 
this and that. It's, it's especially difficult to avoid getting drawn into these shadows of, the, of thoughts uh, while we're doing, when we're engaged in uh, things that engage the discriminating mind necessarily, like reading or conversation, is very hard. Uh, but there are Probably, if we look closely, there's so much of our waking time where we're not in conversation or reading. Uh, we're doing things uh, simply on automatic pilot, and brushing our teeth. How much, how much do we need to discriminate when we're brushing our teeth? Okay, upper left, upper right, <laughs> lower right. We brush our teeth, we just brush our teeth. And we're driving, we just drive. This is the ideal, as hard as it is. When we're washing our hands, we're just washing our hands. Why? Because in doing that, we are living in a, in harmony with the way. That's the way things are. Things are not fragmented. The world, life, is not fragmented. It appears to be because of all the different appearances of things and the names we give all these different forms. Everything seems to be very, very much fragmented if we look at it from that perspective. But we do have this capacity, provided we're sitting every day, to uh, not just completely capitulate to this mind of thoughts, of dwelling in thoughts. I think it was uh, Zen Master Banke who said, delusion is thoughts feeding upon thoughts. How much thinking do we really need to do? The payoff the payoff of not thinking unnecessarily, unnecessar- just moving along with things as they are. At one uh, temple I, I trained at in Japan, the, the Roshi there would sometimes go through the Zendo, sometimes using the stick. And, but, uh, and then from time to time, he very, spoke very little English, from time to time he would say, as he went through, only doing. Only doing. There it is. It's that simple. It's not easy, but it's simple, uncomplicated. Not being split. Not doing something and having your mind somewhere else. Even Dr. Bronner, master soap maker and (laughs) soy products mogul, (laughs) knew this. He said, small minds decay 
average minds delay, great minds teach all one today. <laughs> you younger people, ask one of us after Sashim who Dr. Bronner is. <laughs> We've got the tool. We've got the secret to life. The secret to life is non-separation. Yes, when we have to solve a problem, using our brains to solve the problem, do the planning, whatever is called for, but otherwise put it on ice and, and enjoy, appreciate the buoyancy of not being bogged down by thoughts. And not just the buoyancy, but the, the, the ability to see beneath the surface of things, see into people's minds, to see what's behind what they're saying. This is a, what a lot of koans teach us, is, is just being able to, to see through the words that we can be so clever at using to disguise our intentions or to cloud um, our our minds and, and see what's behind it. Because when we can really see through all the artifice and all the the words, um, we see a Buddha. We see ourselves. There are a couple of interesting bits here in the verse, the verse to this koan. Um, here's the verse. One hauls rock, a second moves earth. To shoot the bolt requires a ten-ton crossbow. The old master of elephant bone cliff rolled balls. How could this equal Hoshan's beating the drum? I report for you to know, don't be careless. The sweet is sweet, the bitter is bitter. And there's some commentary on this verse by Yuan Wu, the editor of the Blue Cliff Record. This one hauls rock, a second moves earth. Just the doing. In the commentary here, uh, Yuan Wu says, uh, reports that uh, 
the following incident. One day, Kuei Tsung gave the general call to labor, summoning everyone to haul rock. I'm already thinking of a Chade Mill work retreat in a couple of weeks. Uh, Tsung asked the duty distributor, let's say the supervisor, where he was going. The duty distributor said, I'm going to haul rock. Tsung said, for now, I'll let you haul rock, but don't move the tree in the middle. Whenever a newcomer, it continues, whenever a newcomer arrived at his place, Mu Ping, another master, would first order him to move three loads of earth. This is what it was, reminds me of what I was saying yesterday about uh, showing up for Zen training and not having things explained, but just to have the, the new person get engaged right away and in that engagement understand what it is. In this line, um, to shoot the bolt requires a 10-ton crossbow. Um, and the, and Yuan Wu says uh, that he wants to see, he wants you to see how <coughs> Ho Shan, Kasan, helped people. If it's a monstrous dragon or tiger or some other fierce beast, then you use this crossbow. If it's a tiny bird or a creature of little consequence, of course you mustn't use the crossbow lightly. Hence, a 10-ton crossbow does not shoot its bolt for a rat. And it seems to be commenting on the way that Hoshan, Kasan, is responding to this monk. And this thing about the the uh, master of elephant elephant bone cliff, that's Shui Fang or Seppo, uh, rolled balls. And uh, the commentary by Yuan Wu is, uh, one day Seppo saw Xuansha uh, coming and rolled out three wooden balls together. Xuansha made a smashing gesture at which Seppo profoundly approved of him. Rolling the balls, beating the drum. Walking down the hall. Doing the laundry. Cleaning up the kitchen. mowing the lawn. This is our assignment forever to bring this practice that we can look at so meticulously while sitting to bring it into our lives. Otherwise, what is the point? It has to apply. It has to be integrated into this world of activity. We'll stop now and recite the four vows.
beings without number, thou to liberate endless blind passions, I vowed of a brute dharma gaze beyond measure, I vowed to manage the great way of Buddha, I vow to attain all beings without number, I vow to liberate endless blind passions, I vow to uproot dharma gaze beyond measure, I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha, I vow to attain all beings without number, I vow to liberate endless blind passions, I vow to uproot dharma gates beyond measure, I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha, I vow to attain.